recording? Are we started yet? Yeah. Like the, I was thinking about this earlier about how, uh, like famous people, the more famous you are on a podcast, the further you are from the microphone when it starts. Like, mm. like the the host is always already sitting down, and then I'm supposed to be like in the bathroom. Hey man, oh. what's up? I'm just coming in. Like I just barely have enough time in my day, you know. You're my you're McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, now we can start. But let me give you an intro. Cool. Because I gave uh, Oslo one. Which I felt was good. And you know that we have like a serious a, rivalry. A beef. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a rivalry that rivals, uh, I don't know. Is Tupac and Biggie Tupac still and big? Biggie. Is there a bigger one? I feel like that's almost too tame, you know, for what we have going on. Here's more extreme. Yeah. We'll have to think of something more dangerous. Uh, North and South Korea? Yeah, yeah, that's where like North and South Korea, Oslo and me. Who are you? I'm definitely South Korea. I feel like <laughs> no. You we put moved. me in a situation where I was like, you don't want to say North Korea. We've moved past the uh, the pleasantries of who's yeah. North Korea and who's South <laughs> Korea. So I have a very talented young man with me in my apartment, mm. and his lovely wife, who's off camera. Um, she refused to do the podcast with me. Right. Why was that? She hates being on camera. I, I think I do. I like generally, this is fine for me, but I generally also don't like being on camera. Like in the live stream situations where I can see a screen that's like, where you know, 30 seconds later of right. what's happening. I don't love that. I don't like the way that feels. There's something about being able to see it. Even th- some people, I think it makes them feel better, mm. but I would rather just not know, just wing the, it and hope it turns out okay. Do you have the same problem with your voice, like hearing your voice? Not really. Like, like right now, my voice is pretty, like I have it pretty loud in my headphones, and I think a lot of people that makes them really uncomfortable, I'm pretty good with that, like with the my hearing my own self talk or hearing myself sing on recording, but you're, you're, being able to see it is another, I don't know, that's the dimension where I get uncomfortable the dimension that's that's the uncomfortable <laughs> sonically dimension. like if you could never see me i would probably be pretty confident and but if you if, once i have to get up especially like public speaking is something <laughs> i can't do you find yourself having to public speak a lot i even like between songs on tour wow. i don't love that like henry and brad would probably tell you that's maybe my thing i hate the most is like actually i told henry several times on tour uh from hosla that they're uh on stage his banter is like my favorite. Henry's like between Henry, songs. Henry talking, and I mean this with peace and love is the ultimate like soft boy. Absolutely, but um, in the best way. In the best way, possible. not not uh, not. Um, he's all man, but he's oh, just, but soft boy as well. <laughs> I love him so much. Like, if I could just tour with them all the time, I definitely would. Like, the probably the worst thing about the pandemic was not being able to go back on the road with them this year. Cause last year it was so much fun. It was awesome. Where'd you, how, how we, much uh, did y'all tour last year? I think we did. I think we did 12 shows on the, we made it tour 11 or 12 shows Sid, and they were mostly, um, in the Southeast and Tennessee and Florida and Alabama. I think that's it. Right. It was really fun. And, uh, it was just me and those two guys most of the time in advance, sometimes Sydney, 
uh, and Cat, Brad's girlfriend, Cat, and right. it was just the best. It was so much fun. Yeah, and uh, just that uh, setup. We were on that tour. Bradley and I were doing the Airbnb thing. Yes, uh, opening the shows, and so to the progression of like Airbnb doing the totally all the way down. Then Osla kind of adding in some like moving parts and drum machines and stuff. And then my set, my set was kind of like a little bit more energy. It's a good flow. It was a nice, yeah, it was a nice ramp up. It was really fun to do. Yeah. The, uh, I don't enjoy when there's a big gap in between bands, like stylistically on a show. Yeah. Uh, I don't think a lot of people realize that that's important when they're setting up a show. Yeah. They're like, like the audiences need to be able to watch more than just the band, the one band they came to see. Right. And people who are coming to see a, a rap group or a punk group necessarily don't want to see the, the other group, you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Um, yeah, I'm sure you guys have been in that situation a lot. Cause in, in the same with when, when I was touring with or playing shows with regenerates, like when you have a, something kind of specific like that you'll right. end up in a lot of shows where it's like you guys play punk music you should play with these uh metal bands that are playing <laughs> yes <laughs> they have distorted guitars also right. yeah playing with a metal show also very weird yeah um i feel like we did that a little bit as well yeah yeah like i don't do they have a lot of metal shows still i don't mean to sound uh ignorant of of the scene you don't have your ear to the street i don't uh i growing up you know that i played a lot like quite a bit of metal music when i was younger yeah. like 11 to 14 <laughs> i was so hardcore really into uh i actually still i was looking at it today but i have this pv half stack that oh shit solid solid state pv half stack that oh, was yeah. just i'm sure sounded so bad but it was so much fun crank that thing yeah you didn't care about tone no that wasn't a word that i was uh, familiar with volume yeah exactly distortion and not distortion were my two sounds it was like as clean as it could be and then just like the scooped mids like ear piercing pantera like that sound was the, the guitar water faucet sound. exactly you, you mic the water faucet exactly i don't think i finished my intro i think you cut me off i bumped in too soon yeah what uh what did you miss the intro i had a um i had a good intro oh no it was it might have been the best intro <laughs> out of all been, your but out of episodes all, so many episode has have been done but so far so many episode um no so i'm more familiar with your current body of work and so my intro i was going to be like a very talented young man with me in my apartment. Right. Some have called him the Alabaster Al Green. The uh <laughs> the uh Blanco BB King. Okay. The uh the uh this one I wasn't too proud of, but the Dandruff D'Angelo. Just, just because Dandruff is white. No, I like that one a lot, actually. And that then, might be my favorite one. I've been I listening have, to so much D'Angelo. Then, That's actually super weird. Then anyway. uh, the No no Pigment Prince. That was the last nice, one. Nice. And I then think, uh, Brady Brady Turner, thank you, ladies man. and gentlemen. That's, uh, have you listened to a lot of D'Angelo? Uh, I've listened to Untitled. Oh, man. 
It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I just remember as a kid seeing the video. Yeah. You know the video where he's I'm, just I'm, naked. No, I've never seen it. It's just one shot. Just D'Angelo full just frontal? oiled up. Not full frontal. Oh, okay. But you see like... He wasn't right, that edgy about it. You see, uh, I think the pubic mound. Oh, okay. It gets to. But he was like it. cut. Like he was... Like, like I remember the album cover. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dude, yeah. But that... um. So the group of guys, well, actually not guys, the group of people, excuse me, that worked on those records, the Soulquarians, are you familiar with that? No. So go, like, go, go on. Let's see. So there was like Amir Thompson from The Roots, Questlove. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pino Palladino, who plays bass for John Pino Mayer Palladino. now. That's a fucking hell of a name. Yeah. he Dude, uh, as a bass player, yeah, you got to get into some Pino Palladino. But he... Uh, he played on that D'Angelo record a little bit. A lot of the instruments are actually just D'Angelo, but uh, there were several, I wish I could remember what they all were, but there's several different albums that that group uh, collaborated on at Electric Lady in uh, New York. Okay. So uh, I'm trying to remember. There was an Erica Badu record. There's a common record called uh, Water for Chocolate, I think it's called, an older common album. Okay. Um, I wish I could remember. I think the Erica Badu album is, ah, I wish I could remember which one it is. But anyway, there's like four or five albums that all those people that worked on that D'Angelo record worked on together. Yeah. And all of them are just bangers like across the board. There's yeah. so much good, uh, so many good grooves and like drum sounds and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I liked when, when <laughs> I was about to say, I liked when Prince died. No, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I liked whenever Prince died, D'Angelo played Sometimes It Snows in April. I've never you know heard that song. That. Yeah, I know the song. He yeah. played it on um, Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. Dude, yeah, he's he's great. fantastic. If you look at that, um, I was looking at like the, I go down a rabbit hole of Wikipedia pages a lot. That's like a thing I do a lot where it's just like. Wow. It's not a uh, hot take at all, but I'll just I, be like... I didn't know I was inviting a deviant on the show, <laughs> one that goes down multiple Wikipedia articles. So, like, the D'Angelo thing was me... The whole Soulquarians thing came from... I was reading uh, something Questlove said on Instagram about that and went back and started reading about Electric Lady, where that came from. And then I ended up on, like, Jimi Hendrix Wikipedia page and, like, I'll be like, oh, this guy played with Hendrix for a couple years. What was he doing after that? His Wikipedia page doesn't even have a picture. What was going on with him? Like, (laughs) something crazy was going on with that guy. Yeah, he didn't live very long. (laughs) He Uh, didn't need to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh... I don't remember why we started talking about that, but I'll I go down the, the rabbit hole. Of, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll go down a rabbit hole of like uh, Electric Lady Wiki, and then let's read about how did Jimi Hendrix die again? Oh yeah, it was a drug overdose. Where was he when that happened? And like I'll just read for yeah, two or three hours about throw up in his mouth and drowned on his own vomit. That's right. R.I.P. That's the way to go if you're gonna do it like that. I mean, it's well, a it's so. a tried and true way to do it. I think if you're gonna OD like. Yeah. It's terrible. It's so it's terrible. Tough. There's like Oh, I remember now why I was gonna tell you that. I went okay. down the rabbit hole of D'Angelo's untitled Wikipedia page and mm. if you go to like the personnel uh where it says who played on what song on right. almost every song it's just like uh Amir Thompson drums and then it'll say all other instruments D'Angelo. Fuck yeah. <laughs> all other instruments and vocals and writing. Well, that's like you. You can, oh, if thanks. you look at the liner notes, it's just 
Brady Turner. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that comparison. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I do. I I definitely have always been. We were Sydney and I were actually talking about this semi recently about how even with like hip hop music, I right. was always into the guys who made their own beats or like guys who produced for other people like yeah. Kanye early on and J Cole and people who like uh, even like childish Gambino. Uh, some of his stuff with early stuff was like really rudimentary. And I thought it was really cool that he was like clearly learned how to use Ableton and wanted to like make his own beats and stuff like that. And I was always into that as a, a premise and then later on getting into other genres it was kind of natural for me to fall into people who were doing that you right know, people who were recording their own drums and stuff like that and that's really been the uh the thing i've tried to stretch myself with the most working on new music is how to delegate some things to other people and like uh because with this new project i'm working on i do actually want to have other people play a lot of things right um because there's like this other side to, uh, so making everything yourself is really fun. Cause it's like, it's all you and that's really cool. But then, uh, the times that I have collaborated people like with my brother, Brad from Osla and, uh, I've done stuff with Henry as well. And, uh, anytime that I've ever collaborated with somebody like that, that does stuff that I like, it's always like the, the sum of, uh, its parts are always something greater, you know, and it's really cool to, uh, to create something that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to, if I would have tracked everything myself, like technically I might be able to do it, but it just wouldn't at all be the same thing. Uh, so with this new record, I have actually like sought out a studio space in Knoxville and like a producer that I respect and some, uh, personnel that are going to play on the record and stuff like that and try to make it, uh, a little bit more collaborative this time. But I, I definitely am still about doing the DIY thing. Like yeah. I, I definitely see myself doing more stuff at home too. Uh, but this is just something I've wanted to do for a really long time to go into a studio and like really uh, kind of give certain things to other people and just let them run with it. You know. Is, so is this going to be you, Brady Turner? Yeah. Or is, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be another EP or a full length? Uh, so first, can you, if you want to talk about, I can't, yeah, I can for sure. Uh, not everything is squared away yet, but what it looks like is going to happen is, um, so for sure on December 1st, I've got a Christmas single coming out, which will be two songs. Uh, my covers of I'll be home for Christmas and Oh, Holy night. And, um, after that I'll just be through the hall ho- skate through the holidays. And then January I'll be working on a new record think we're going to put out a single hopefully like february march ish yeah um especially if i can get everybody together um but the way it's going to work is i think we'll probably track the one thing and then uh once we kind of have the setup figured out uh we'll set up a time to track a lot more stuff because i think what we're going to do is track like the bones of it with uh like a live band and then do some overdubs and stuff after that like maybe track like the rhythm guitars and the bass and the drums and stuff like that in a live setting. Um, and then go back and fill in everything. That's cool. Yeah. I'm really, I'm super excited. Wow. Yes. But so, that's where I recorded. I don't think I said this. That's where I recorded the, uh, Christmas music that I'm putting out. Okay. At this, it's a Sequoia studios in Knoxville. Nice. And I don't think I've said this yet either, but that's, I'm moving there in January. <laughs> Um, wow. so I'm glad that we got to do exclusive. this exclusive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right under the wire. Yeah. 
It's a, but you just came out. You just put out two Christmas covers, right? Uh, yeah. Last last year uh, in December, I did this Christmas and uh, Hark, Hark, the Herald Angels Sing. But it's just Hark with an exclamation point. That was actually Brad's idea. Was uh, that a lighthouse reference? No, but I don't even. Was that? Thought, did that come out in 2019? Hark. Yeah. yeah. Hark! That's thought, such I a good. That's uh, what that was. No, but I was I'll, like, dude, damn, that's it is good. now. We're cutting this out of the episode. That's what it is now. That's a great. Okay, um, we'll start. We'll insane. start right now. Okay, so you made that really smart and dude, and poignant reference to Lighthouse. That Willem Dafoe scene just spoke right to me. Hark! And, uh, <laughs> your next. Your next. Uh, your next EP. Uh, your uh, rotten farts. Yeah, your farts. <laughs> There's I all the things that I can think of from that movie are so grotesque. Like, You're right. Uh, uh, what was that? What's the? I saw you sparring with that gull. <laughs> <laughs> Bad luck to kill a seabird. So great. I say that all the time playing video games with friends. Bad, Bad luck, luck to kill, to kill a, a seabird. seabird? That scene where he's just swinging the bird against the rock. Spoilers. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry, everybody. That uh, that bird is yeah, any, any an of integral you un- character. Uncultured too. swine that haven't seen the lighthouse yet. <laughs> that's an insane movie. Like it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Those two guys. I think that's maybe the most I've ever respected. Robert Pattinson is like ah. so good. Yeah, he uh, he did that um, Sadif Brothers movie. Good time. I've not seen that. You know, uh, Uncut Gems? Yeah. Okay, the brothers who made that, they made a movie called Good Time. Okay. And it's got Robert Pattinson. Um, he's good in that. He's great. Nice. Similar, where the entire movie is just stress. Yeah. Like a stress exercise. Yeah. Like Uncut Gems. Yeah. I, I've never seen Uncut Gems, actually. I've, this is like the third time <laughs> I've about had to, to end this. that recently. Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta go watch it right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's like one of your favorite things? It's great. Yeah. Hmm. I love A24 movies. Okay. The Lighthouse. Yeah. Uncut Gems. Uh, the Witch. Hereditary. The witch. the witch has that crazy music, right? The Witch is the one that people use for memes and stuff. The, the singing, the creepy singing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, the Kenneth Copeland thing. What, did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. It's the, in uh, Old English. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually uh, speaking of Wikipedia pages. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read a synopsis of the plot of that movie uh, on Wikipedia like two nights ago. Yeah. Which so that's that? really creepy. Um, let's see. What I remember is that, isn't it like puritanical? Like a family ends up um, exiled from their like religious yeah. compound type right. thing. And the daughter is a witch? Like ish? Ish, yeah. I think that's probably revealed... <laughs> Because <laughs> it's as in the, the title goes on, of yeah. the movie, yeah. The Vavavich. But yeah, uh, I, uh, I've i heard that's good. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've heard can that confirm. Maybe like a good movie, but not very scary. Um, uh, what, what do you think? Is it scary? There's like a couple scary parts. Okay. Depends on what scares you. I you don't know? like... If so I, I love scary movies. I don't like, like jump scares. No, movies. it's cheap. Yeah, like... Um, like I really like, I actually really like the It reboot, the first one, the like 2016 reboot. Yes. Um, and the only reason I thought of that is my least favorite part of that movie is like the one jump scare in it where uh, Beverly's like in the bathroom, she turns and he's there, like he's just 
standing there like oh, the yeah. whole the whole sting is that there's just music and it cuts to it you know there's nothing right. about it that's inherently there's no tension in the movie at that point or anything no um so i i kind of hate that as a video game mechanic as well uh because i'm a big video game person i know you are as well i do uh, enjoy it do you I've play played you, one or two do you play a lot of scary games uh i i like or to. like or like um so when you were uh, so like older games did you play like the silent hill anything in that yeah like the wa- yeah, like yeah. camera stuck to a wall like resident evil yeah fatal frame yeah yeah, yeah. i love stuff like that yeah. like i feel like those games are more uh atmospheric than like than like a uh is this better than just like a game where stuff just jumps out at you like uh, i recently played a demo for or actually i downloaded on game pass uh the blair witch game yes i've heard of it i thought it was trash because it was just like the whole point of it is you're walking around the woods and then "Ah!" (laughs) that's the whole game (laughs) something screams and runs at you the witch pops out exactly Mm. wow we've been we've been all over the place yeah. yeah uh so outside of making your own music, you also play a lot. Yeah. With the, what's the guy you play Jamel with? Richardson. Jamel Richardson. Yes. And uh, I went and saw y'all one time before COVID, obviously. Yeah. And uh, one time after, just to see <laughs> one time after, what just it would be like. No, <laughs> uh, uh, you haven't played. <laughs> Shredfest. Is that yeah. fair to say? Oh yeah, the when show, his show. Yes, yes. He's dude. He's out of control. Yeah, he's so much fun to play with. And I think I first, um, I was talking to somebody about this recently. My friend Travoris, who we were talking about how I got involved in the band. He plays organ uh, for Jamel. Oh okay. And he's known Mel for like, I guess ten years or something like that. Yeah. So they've they've played together a lot. And uh, he and I got hooked up playing on a, a wedding gig with a friend of ours named Mario Parrish, who's a, just a phenomenal singer guy who uh, who puts together bands for weddings and, and uh, parties and stuff like yeah. that. He's just a, an incredible singer who puts together cover bands and stuff. Um, and Travoris was playing for him, and he randomly invited me. We hadn't known each other a super long time, and we, and we got along, but we mostly just played at shows. I'd never hung out with him. And he invited Sydney and I to his birthday uh, to come and hang out and there were some guys playing music and stuff so we just went and, and sat down and uh, I, I actually didn't take a guitar or anything I just was like the kind of the goofy white guy like watching everybody else right. play yeah um, but I was glad to be invited and, and Jamel uh, popped in to his birthday and he was like hey this is a guy uh, that played on uh, this gig with Mario and apparently they had been talking about bringing in a rhythm guitar player at this point um so Jamel was just like yeah when can you come play at my house so I went to went over to his house in Grand Bay and just had to like he's like okay well this is how you play the song can you play it now that was like the audition process yeah. like have you do you know my song um I'm trying to think of like uh he has this song called Sarah Pearl that has like this riff that that is kind of integral to the song he's like can you play this and he just like starts playing it uh, all right. Do you see what happens uh, when I do this? All right, good. You do it, and that's basically the whole process. Like, if I could see him play it and I could play it back to him, that was all he needed, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and it just ended up working out. Like, it was kind of nerve wracking at first because not <laughs> like I've never seen him uh, 
I had not really seen him in a live context outside of uh, playing for other people. Um, he right. back in the day when when I was uh, playing with Regenerates Live, doing uh, hip hop shows, he was uh, put together a backing band for some local rappers. Uh, these guys, Beeman and Timmy, yeah, and they had like a live band that Jamel was kind of the music director of. So that was the only context uh, that I knew him in, and so I kind of had to learn like all of his discography he has like a handful of albums so i had to really? go through and all original albums yeah yeah wow. a lot of a lot of originals uh and he does a lot of originals uh right for somebody doing those types of shows like uh even when we do the more quote-unquote gig shows where we're at music places like yeah. floribama and stuff like that he does a lot of his originals which is something i that you don't really see a lot of bands like that do like right if you go somewhere like that they're usually going to be playing they like they want to play they want classic rock, rock of the bay and, exactly yeah and wagon uh, wheel it's really fun to watch him win people over uh with his original stuff because yeah. i have seen him like um during a show like some drunk person being like play uh well like play little wing or something like yeah. a Jimi hendrix song and he'll right. be like uh we're we're gonna do hey joe later in the set like it'll kind of rush him off in the play little wing and he's like here I'll, i'm gonna play you a jamel richardson song see if you like this and like he he always wants to win people like right. that over with like his own music and i yeah. think that's pretty fun that's cool it's fun to watch him do that to uh like people will be demanding some cover song and he's like, no, you're going to listen to this and you're going right. to enjoy it. <laughs> I'm going to play this guitar solo over the song. You don't know. And you're going to love it. Yeah. It's fun. It's really fun. That's probably the biggest, um, bummer about moving is just like not being able to play with those guys as frequently. And, uh, a lot of the people that I play with down here because it, uh, I feel like this past year or two is when I finally got connected with like, like minded, right other right. musicians that weren't related to me. <laughs> right. Cause like I, I've always had my brothers to play with it. So I never was really able to like branch out into, right. and I didn't really feel like I understood what people were doing here right. with their music and stuff. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to try to find that in Knoxville. Uh, I definitely have some people up yeah. there that are doing cool stuff, uh, but it's going to be a whole different thing. Just especially post, covid and everything like yeah. going to a new place and being like hey i'm here even though there's not really shows happening right now but i'm like based out of here <laughs> right well, i think uh just to blow smoke up your ass for a second <laughs> I go think, ahead yeah, please my, my asshole is ready to receive I'm, yeah that's uh, why i'm here that's the uh i think your talent you know if i was up there i'm not very good you know <laughs> Uh, if I was up there, I can play punk songs on bass, but you're, you can do everything, you know? So I think oh, your, thanks, your man. talent cuts through all the bullshit. Thanks, man. Where it's me, it. I'm all bullshit. <laughs> I just, I just have to trick people. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not true. I, I appreciate that. I, there are definitely, there are definitely avenues up there once I get there, but it's just kind of the, there's this negative space between officially deciding to move. And once I get there, being able to actually do things like there's this, I know I'm going to move, right. but I can't like move into the place right now. I've got commitments here until January. Yeah. Um, 
And really, we're not going to be able to move in until a couple weeks before we're officially there. So there's all this time to I'm kind of like in lame duck mode, like like the president, like <laughs> like I don't yeah. have very much time left to really start any new projects here down yeah, here. You right. know what I mean? But I'm not just like, all right, guys, I'm out. I'm not like yeah. I'm still saying bye to people and hanging out with friends and stuff. Right. Um Mm. Yeah. Wow. Trying to think. So, uh, here's a question from me to you. Wow. What, where did the name come from? The podcast? You had options? Uh, I don't know. I was trying to think of like catchy sounding names. It sounds very catchy. That's why I asked. Oh, thank you. Uh, apparently... And it sounds like a premise. Like, I don't know if you meant, meant for it to, but it definitely. I tried to think of a. I was a little scared. Like, I'm bring, I brought my wife today. I, we talked about that, right? We've, I've pointed to her. She's over there. But uh, I was like, what if I get here and you had options as like some sort of sexual thing? Like, <laughs> it can be if you want, man. Like, I don't want it to be, but I just thought I was thinking today or yesterday, like, I'm going to do this podcast. I haven't exchanged two words with Michael about what we're going to talk it. about. Right. What if we get there and he's like, so you, you're with Sydney, you're married, but like you had options. What, what were your options? <laughs> I bring out a, a line of women from, a, from my room. She would probably actually think that was amazing. If this turned out to be like a game show. Yeah. Contestant number one, like they're behind this. People can't see, but there's another room. They're just walking in from, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're going to punch it up. We're going to figure out what this show needs and we're going to, like, this try, is just I, a test. I, I try to think of, cause I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going for it. That's my favorite. That, I love I podcasting life. so much. I think it's such a cool thing cause it's probably one of the most personal in a way it's like extremely difficult to quantify what, what it even is or right. what, what it takes to do it because yeah there's so many different versions of it and some podcasts like I listen to the Doughboys a lot right. and that's like you've got one guy who's very like regimented and has like the show has segments and there's like stings with music and stuff mm. and then you've got some people who like their podcast is they do a live stream on YouTube and like the audio goes up later and they still have like thousands of people listen and they right. don't put any effort into the post-production or right. so it's really cool how it can be so many different things like this feels a lot not to underplay what I thought you could pull off because I believe in you 100%. I just, I was not expecting it to be so fancy. You're expecting here. box lights. It's very fancy. It feels like I'm like, this is going to really be something. Thanks, I mean, man. You're on set. I think, uh, yeah, I think people I, are going to like this. I don't think we said that you, you did, you're kind enough and generous enough to do the, the intro song. Yeah, no, we didn't. And the outro song. Yeah, the, uh, coincidentally, the same song. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> he asked for two different songs. No, uh, that was really fun. That was cool, and it caught me off guard. And it was weirdly at a. It's actually cool that you brought that up because that was a funny time for you to ask me to do that. Like I, um, kind of on in the same vein of what we were talking about about moving. I was just a little bit disillusioned with like, okay, I need when I get up there. Like I know I'm going to have this much money coming in. I know I'm going to be doing this and I know that these are my goals musically, but 
like my freelance work as it stands for the last several years has been things that I need to be here to do. Right. Uh, and so the, the last year or so I've been getting more into like the remote recording and remote session work and stuff like that. Sending people guitars and they do what they want to with them and stuff like that. Um, and I had just found out about a collaboration. It was like, I was really worried about all these things leading up to you asking me to do this. And a friend of mine texted me the same day, and found out uh, there was this project that he wanted me to work on that got the green light. And so I was like, cool, there, I'm going to have this freelance work kind of uh, somewhat consistently when I move, and that's going to be great. And you texted me around the same time, like, hey, I want you to do the theme song for my podcast. And I was like, oh, what a perfect thing for this, like, what I'm trying to do right now, which is right. like branch out into these different things. It was right. really cool to get to do that right now because uh, it feels a little bit like a new era of a new Brady yeah, era. This, this, you heard it here first. No, the, the doing the no, but for real, doing the the theme really uh, opened some doors in my mind as far as like what what I have options to do. Shit, I'm changing the lives. <laughs> that was my main goal. Sydney, Sydney, actually, I didn't want to tell you this. Sydney texted me, your wife, and she was like, "Hey, he's in the dumps. You gotta ask him to do. I know you got this podcast. You gotta ask him to do the song for it." And I was like, Sydney. I'm not going to ask him. Stop texting. Me. She's like, he's, he's underperforming sexually. <laughs> oh <He's>, God. <laughs> I didn't say it. He's, he's sadder than ever before. <laughs> and he's mentioned your podcast like five different times. We talked about this. I feel like, is, is this the same podcast inception? I feel like we talked about Maybe. a little while back about you. Like, is Maybe. it just kind of something that's floated it's around? It's always it's always been in my brain. That's awesome. Because um, the Handsome Scoundrel is my band. Yes, which you know. Yes, um, and I love. And I'm a, love. a subscriber of there the pod. Go. I love it. We uh, we have a podcast. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I don't know, COVID. I just I need another creative outlet. Yeah. And um, podcasting is like what I know how to do. Mm-hmm. And I know how to, you know, this is, uh, we, uh, we're going to start doing a video podcast for the other one as well. Scoundrels be talking. Sweet. But this was kind of trying to figure out, you know, yeah, it's an experiment for me with the video. Yeah. I love it. Stuff. That's awesome. Um, I feel like I had a question about that, but now it's gone. Okay. But I, uh, I think this is super fun. I think it's cool that it's so like. I feel like you've struck the perfect balance between DIY and it like it looks really official in here. It looks good. Thank you. Yeah. This is uh I don't like doing things half assed. Yeah. Well what so what I meant by that was like I, I just expected my real expectations were for us to sit across from each other at like a table and just uh, rickety, a, a rickety folding yeah, table. Yeah, yeah, you know, like right. like a lot of people's first podcasts would probably right. be. Um so to see like the float shock mount and everything and the lights. That's right, Daddy. It's pretty sick. It's pretty Thanks. cool. Yeah. Are you still doing the live stream thing? Like playing games and stuff? Uh, I'm going to again. I'm going to get, if anybody at Xbox is listening, please send me an Xbox. Yeah. Uh, Series me, X. While you're at it. Yeah, me too. Send Brady one as well. He'll write you, he'll write the new Xbox song. I would, I would write the Xbox theme for no less than a new Xbox <laughs> That's yeah. what, what if 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 they held an Xbox gun to your head right now, <laughs> what would you come up with? That's like the theme, 
Oh, as the for theme? Xbox. Just off the top of the dome. Right it now. would be your theme song, and I would change <laughs> the lyrics. Had Xbox. You had Yeah. Yeah, that would be it, and I would cash in because they didn't say they didn't say that they have to use it. Right? They just because they're it's their fault that this was a verbal verbal contract. Uh-huh. They chose to hold the Xbox gun to my head. The, so the music business is dirty. It is, friend. The uh, but yeah, I knew. I was like, so going back to wanting to have a good production for yeah. this i was like well shit i want like a theme song mm. so who do i know who's gonna be good and you know you you asked osla they said no i asked osla they said no uh i asked robert he said no they said, uh, I asked, <laughs> scout uh, your own band I, said no i asked bailey he said no uh I asked my parents, hey, do you, will you just record like a, a voice memo and that'll be the intro? And they said no. And I was <laughs> well, like, you oh, just, all right. All I want is for you to tell me you love me. It doesn't even have to be a theme song. And they said no. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but no, I was like, I'm just going to, because I'm not, you know, I'm not a crazy musician. I was like, just say the, the, end, the, uh, the, the, the title and the lyrics and boom. Dude, all my uh, then, all my favorite the podcasts. Magic. Well, actually, I guess a lot of them are instrumental, but uh, the Doughboys have a great theme song, and it's just the podcast name, so right. you can't go wrong. Right. I I feel lucky, and I I I, uh, I don't want to throw around the B word, but I feel blessed. Wow. I said it to have talented friends who I can hit up and be like, hey. Dude, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, uh, like we talked about earlier. Like, I made the joke about how I never reached out to other people because I always had a backing man in my family. Like, right. that having my brothers, not just musically, but uh, just media wise and everything. Like, their, right. their talents have been so invaluable. Right. Uh, with Bailey, I mean, you know, he's I know he's done a lot of stuff for this, the scoundrels and stuff, right. graphic design and stuff, yeah. and. Uh, he's taken a lot of photos and I mean, it's crazy having this like media conglomerate, right? Like Bradley does amazing photos and animation and cat, his girlfriend, cat's incredible illustrator. Bailey's a great artist and illustrator and plays drums and Brad plays everything. Right. Um, and so whenever I started working on, uh, doing kind of the solo thing, uh, cause Bradley and I had all I had really released under my own name was like church music. Um, previously Bradley and I had written songs together and he had written songs for our church and stuff. And so we just recorded them and put them out for people, not really anything that official, just like people to be able to listen to from the church and stuff. Um, and they were really Bradley and Bailey were the first people to be super supportive in me trying to do do like my music and my sound and stuff. And early on it would just be like, I would send them a demo and be like, Hey, I'm, this is just an instrumental. I don't know what this is going to be. And right. they'd be like, this sounds really cool. You should do something with this. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. You use all these qualifiers like, Hey, this is just a rough. Demo. Exactly. Uh, um, I was sick that day. I was sick that day. My, so if it sounds like shit, I borrowed a microphone. I need right. a new cable. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, and a lot of, 
I also am super sensitive to that when my friends do that. Like I'll call out a friend and be like, dude, like it's totally, it's great. Don't worry about it. But I will absolutely do that if I'm sending like, this is the unmastered version. It's not been mastered yet. The levels are not right. Yeah, exactly. Like the the vocals get a little hot around two (laughs) minutes in. That's going to come down. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely am guilty of that. That's something I, I think it might be like a really good thing in life to get rid of that. Like, uh, to, uh, to some extent to like some to, extent. i definitely think there's a reason why uh it works for people the um imposter syndrome yeah I, and i get why like people can relate to that and a lot of people use those qualifiers and stuff right. but not having to apologize so much like pre-apologize yeah. actually i think is a good thing yeah like, yeah you can definitely there is it's a fine line yeah you definitely need to know how to do that right because there's people who don't have that at all, yes. and they're completely unapologetically, yes. uh, unapologetically like terrible. Yeah, yeah, dicks. But there also are people that, like myself, sometimes who go too far the other oh, way. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, like, if you could. Oh, sorry. Yeah. To where people have to be like, "Hey, I already told Calm you it's down, okay. Bro. Like, yeah. we're good." I only say that because I'm the same way. Where it's. Uh, Oh, I'm so sorry if this is if I'm bothering you with the, yeah. you know dude. yeah yeah Ab- absolutely I. Uh, qualifying statements definitely especially in regards to music stuff or like meeting deadlines and stuff like that well it's just uh i think creative people are that way Hmm. because it's uh it's precious whatever you're making is precious you know to you to the person yeah or it should be at least right generally if you're like you know if you sent me the the song for the intro and you're like fuck i don't know (laughs) <laughs> like Here, when I here's said what, here's what I did like I don't I just hit record and like right just fucking free your mind and your ass will follow that's what <laughs> happened you know um I mean that's pretty indicative of like what I did when I when I made the thing no I'm just kidding uh I that actually did happen really fast though because I remember you yeah, I remember yeah you messaged me and asked me to do it and I was like, oh, I actually, I was a little bit of a rush of like, I get, I get, um, I'll get stressed out by one new thing to do on my list. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Uh, Sydney knows Me that. Too. I, yeah. same. I can have three things to do in like an eight hour span. And if you're like, Hey, while you're at the post office, can you just pop next door and do this thing? My oh, brain what? just goes on an overload. Like, Oh my God, there's never going to be a minute to myself ever Sydney, again. You want me to pick up a two liter of diet Coke? <laughs> exactly. Are you insane? Like, do you have any idea what I've done? I've <laughs> done two things today already. But yeah, like I absolutely, uh, when, when I knew that I needed to do the theme, my first reaction was to be like, Oh God, when am I going to figure out when, what is the idea going to be? When am I even going to have time to think about it? I need to like, cause I immediately started thinking like, I need to sit down. I need to go over a couple different ideas. I need to decide on one then like move forward with it. But very quickly after that, like I told, I think I told you like, give me a week or two or something like that. And like the next day or something like that, I, just was playing around on my guitar like I do pretty much every day, like just doing warm ups and stuff. Right. And that little, I started playing that little riff thing, and right. I was like, I'm just gonna go ahead and there send this go. over to Michael. And it happened pretty quickly after that. I think. Yeah, I was. A, I knew you were gonna do it, uh, but I was. A, I was like, shit, man. He just turned this around. Like oh, a fucking, thanks. That's like, like it was no if thing. I, if I can. Uh, 
I do take a lot of pride in that. Like in, I love when I have the opportunity to turn something around quickly, but right. still do what I want to with right. it, you know? Um, cause that, that definitely is something that I can be guilty of and have it go wrong where I'm like, I just want to do something like, I want to be the guy that you asked for this thing and I turn around and send it right. back. Um, but that can definitely backfire too. Yeah. But, but yeah, I'm really glad that I got to do it. Thanks for asking me to do it. Of course, that. man. It turned out great. It was, uh, it's one of those moments where I heard it and I was like, Oh, let's go. Oh, man. Thanks. Doing the LeBron, uh, <laughs> kicking my knees up yeah. through my hands. Man, that's so cool. I'm yeah. glad. Um, I hope people like it. I hope that they enjoy it. I think they I, will. I hope that it's one of those podcast themes that gets stuck in people's head and it's not like, uh, there's a couple of podcasts I listen to where when it's time for the theme, you're like, oh no. No. Well, this one's only like 30 seconds long. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'll try to keep it short. Yeah. That is, that's another thing that drives me crazy. If a podcast has like a minute and a half long or two minute long no. theme, it's too much. Yeah. Skipping that every time. Yeah. I foresee this podcast exploding and we're doing live shows and oh, you're yeah. going to be there with a full band. Oh yeah. And doing the theme. Yeah. Doing the theme. And so then, you're going to, um, so you're going to fly, fly me out. Gonna. Yeah. I'll fly you out to band, Mobile. Yeah. Fly. <laughs> when we're doing the singer. Me and the, you're going to fly me to Mobile. We're going to get on a tour bus and drive to Knoxville, uh, do yeah. a show there. Um, and all of this is just so I can play just the theme, right? The thirty-second version, even yeah, not even like an extended nope. version. On a flying quest, love. <laughs> I don't know. I think um, so. I uh, have a friend that got to play on a session with Pino Palladino and Steve Jordan, who plays drums for John Mayer now, but he's played for a ton of people. And he's a big record producer. I think if I could play on a session with Questlove, even if it was yeah. like just completely like no one's ever even going to hear it, I would be like, right. I could die. I'll be happy. Be That's sick. one of those people where just to not even just to be able to say it, it's not even about the cred. I don't even have to be able to tell people just that I get to know that it happened. <laughs> like, right. I have a few people like that, that if I could just go into a studio and work with them, even if I wasn't allowed to tell people I would be, <laughs> I would be fine with that. Who's somebody else? Probably Pino Palladino. Cause he's <laughs> okay. just those two guys, especially those guys together. Cause I didn't even know until maybe this past, like in the last four or five months that they ever really worked together. Hmm. And I've heard their influences on different people's records. So, right. uh, to take like that bass sound that I know and those drums that are like iconic and put right. them together would be really cool. Do you know the Erica Badu song window seat? I don't know that song. Hot song. Do you know what record it's from? No. I wonder if it's from it's one, one of, of theirs. One of the more recent ones. Oh, okay. Okay. So probably not. Hmm. I, uh, I've had to play a couple of her songs on gigs in the last couple of years. It's really fun. We did, uh, Jerome, Tyrone, Tyrone, better call Jerome. Shit. I think you better call <laughs> Jerome. Tyrone. Call <laughs> oh man, that's funny. No, Jer- call Jerome. That's a B side. Cancel. Deep cut. Fuck. Cancel, Cancel instantly. Me. Cancel me, please. <laughs> I don't want it's to good do one. this shit anymore. It's a good one. I'm already, you're already fed up I with the podcast. Want, I just want to be a, a broker or something where I don't have to, I don't have to do anything You creative. don't have to deal with all this stress all of this being a DIY podcaster. <laughs> yeah, the guys on Wall Street never seem to have to worry They're about They're just trying stress. to figure out where their next Coke hit yeah, is. Dude. Isn't that what we're all doing? Like, shit. Damn it. What are we doing after this? 
I'm sure there's a Wall Street somewhere in Mobile. Dude, oh um, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I think I've probably played near it a few times. Yeah. I was playing. Uh, let's let's talk about cocaine. Uh, recently, I was playing at a, a show in Auburn with Jamel pre-COVID, yeah. and uh, there were these frat guys. Like we went back to change in the green room, and there were just all these Auburn bros. Snorting Blast, lines, blasting coke. yeah, like right next to our clothes and stuff. They're like, oh yeah, hey dude, you want a bump? I was like, I'm good. I had I'm one. Good, like, man, I just <laughs> had one. I'm dude. I'm I'm bumped up. <laughs> yeah, I've I'm, I'm had three already. <laughs> had three full bumps. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's clearly easy to come by. Uh, it definitely seems like a generally like a grody rich white guy kind of thing. I think like, so. man. But you know. To each his own. To each his own, man. You know, we're uh, we're all just trying to make it through. <laughs> Especially during these trying times. These you trying know? times. If you need a bump to get you through. <laughs> That's basically all we came here That's to say. That's on you. If you need some something a little extra, just go for it. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, I feel like I need a list of movies to watch before I come back and do your podcast again. Why? Because I, I have a couple that I was a little embarrassed that I haven't seen yet. So oh, shit. Yeah. I need did to, roast you. need to get you to make me a, like a must-watch list. I can do that. List. Yeah. We've actually been looking for some new shows to watch. We've been... I'm kind of... Uh, speaking of options, I think there is a little bit like option paralysis for me right now when it comes mm, to new shows. Because yeah. we're all the way through like everything we could think of pretty much that we've watched as a couple. And so now you have the... Do we watch... One of the millions of shows that we know we like again. Right. Or do we try to watch one of these billions of like Netflix originals or whatever? Yeah. Every time I talk to somebody, it's like, have you seen XYZ? Have you seen this? It's on it's a Hulu original. I'm <laughs> like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, sure. Flip flop is new on Hulu. <laughs> There's fourteen seasons. Do you guys so you guys watch this is a this is a common thing. You guys watch shows as a couple where you guys oh like, yeah don't watch the next episode yes well actually we we definitely say that to each other but and then, then you guys go behind each other's oh, backs oh yeah ruin like, the sanctity of marriage we uh and you will watch the next episode of true blood it's kind of like i'm really bad about not wanting to do it like about it kind of goes back to the thing i was talking about about feeling like if I have an extra thing to do that it's like going to make my brain freak out. If I have anything on my brain that I have to do at all that night, if Sydney's like, Hey, we should watch this. I'll just be like, I don't really want to commit to like an hour and a half of, I can't commit. Yeah. What are you going to be doing otherwise? Probably nothing. <laughs> Probably nothing at all. I can't commit. It's a hundred percent anxiety driven, but it's just right. like, um, I'll, I'll, especially with movies. I'm like, do you just want to watch an episode or something? And then we'll go, to Sick. look at what to watch and then right. we end up in this rabbit hole. Them. Yeah. Feel that. I've got some comedies that we're probably going to get into cuz Sydney's not seen a bunch of movies that we need to watch. She's never watched The Three Amigos. Mm, classic. Which is kind of wild that she's never seen that. So I wonder how it holds up though. I haven't watched it in like a super long time. Like I think of all the things we quoted growing up, all the like goof like the Invisible Man yeah. And like the tequila and stuff like that. But right. like, I don't I wonder if I would really think it's that funny if I watch it now. Yeah. Sometimes those movies, like you just forget how much like cringy stuff or like things that just really didn't age well. Yeah. You know, 
uh, not PC. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like yeah. things that you're just like, like oh boy. Yeah. Man. Occasionally. I mean. But yeah, I need to find some. Uh, there's a couple. I was trying to think. Three. I know Three Amigos. She hasn't seen. There was something else that was like a standard that she hadn't seen. But I love stupid comedies so much. Like the dumbest like all right. the adam mckay will Ferrell stuff yep. like i'm all about the dumbest of the dumb <laughs> funny like stepbrothers types right. Pro- probably the and when it comes to comedy i probably have a more like middle of the road taste in movies like the stuff everybody's kind of seen like hot rod yeah super bad yeah is great yeah that might be my favorite comedy super bad like maybe ever it's good, yeah. It's but, up there for sure. Well, I was just thinking, I've, Pineapple Express is really good. Yeah, I was just thinking about all the movies that we quoted in like middle school and not mm. like. That, How old are you? I'm twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I just turned twenty four. So. Uh, how old are you <laughs> actually? <laughs> Um, you, turn, uh, you just turned. Did you say thirty four? Twenty four. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm 30, okay. I'm thirty one. Okay, I knew you were doing a bit. I just couldn't tell what the bit. Oh, if the geez. bit was that you were older or younger. I I just turned sixty four. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> you have to. Yeah, you have to take a bigger swing than you said twenty four. Okay. Right, right. Okay. That's that's a good enough. Joke. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't hear you. That was a very good uh, joke. I'm sorry. sorry. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah whole world of comedy out there man oh yeah um i i just started showing well not just started showing her like she'd seen him before but sydney and i went back and listened to some old dave Chappelle, like his first several uh specials mm, killing, killing him softly yeah. and uh for what it's worth yeah so good like so good. he he might be my favorite comedian as far as like one of the few that's never really let me down, you know, and yeah. he always has stayed. I feel like he's kind of timeless in his like position. Like, yeah, he hasn't wavered since like 2000. I've, he's been the same guy kind of, Yeah. <laughs> he, and somehow he's gotten, I feel like he gets away with more too. Like, yeah. like he can kind of say things that coming from him, people know it's a joke. Like it, yeah. somebody else might get canceled for making right. the same joke. Yeah. That's comedy, man. That's I find that. Yeah. I find that kind of admirable to like, as long as it comes from a real place to be able to joke about stuff that you're just like, how does he even like, like where did his premise start that he thought this would end up funny? Like, cause he was yeah. talking about something so dark and crazy or yeah. Comedy is weird now. It's tough. That's something that I, um, as a kid, I really wanted to do is be like Comedy. a stand up comedian. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely never had the fortitude cause it's just such a hard it's, thing. It's just you up there. And it's so, I've talked to a lot of people about how comedy, it's something that always seems so scary because it's so personal if somebody doesn't like you. Like, yeah. even though you're probably doing some character, right. there's not like, if somebody doesn't like you, if somebody comes and sees me and they don't like me, it could be that I played a cover song that they don't like. Right. It could be that they didn't like one of my songs or the premise of it or Maybe it wasn't their style, but if somebody comes and sees you do stand up for five minutes and they hate you, it's probably just because they don't like you. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, if you bomb, if you tell a joke that doesn't land. Yeah. Uh, you just have to go into another joke. Like, yeah. Like you're with saying the about dead air. Of, right. Yeah. But like, ugh. as you were saying earlier with like the banter in between songs, 
you could be you could say something that gets zero response. One, but, two, three. But then four. you go in the next. Yeah, exactly. Right, turn around, boys. Exactly. Right. And also, there's something about because I've definitely. I'm sure that Brad and Henry could attest to this, but like I definitely said stuff that didn't land yeah. on tour. But then you can just be like, "Whoa, that wasn't funny," and like that's a that's enough to recover. Right. When you're a musician, you don't have to like do crowd work right. to win people back. You don't have to be like, "You, uh, how long have you guys been how together? Long have you, are you guys from here? Yeah. Where are you from? <laughs> oh, right. you are. I'm not. That's right. I'm not from I'm here. Not Sorry. From here. Yeah, <laughs> Never yeah. mind. Right. Yeah. I've never uh, had that instance on stage in between songs because I've just said stuff that just kills. Every yeah. Time. Every time it's right. just a standing up. It's like, ah, I'm like, the oh, hardest thing gotta, for we, you guys is that after gotta, you're done with the jokes, you have to go back into the music. Right. And we have to be like, you got to It's like, uh, you know, when the Beatles were playing like Shea Stadium or like, or like Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan can't hear the music. <sighs> you can't hear the music because everybody's. The, just did you ever wild. watch uh, Hard Day's Night? Yeah. Dude. I remember. I was like quite a bit older when I first, I, I was probably like 12 or 13, I think when I saw that. And I think that was the first time I realized how big the Beatles were. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't know what I thought, but I just, I guess I just thought they were more of a normal band and that, that it, it was sort of this cult thing where they no, got no, bigger no. later. No, 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 no. And then watching them, it's just like the craziest the thing you've band ever seen. Ever. Like, yeah. and also in some ways I feel like people were more famous back then because, uh, the, the music and television worlds weren't like this giant thing. Right. I feel like it was like the fewer networks, everybody's kind of watching like cable television. Right. So if this band is on this one of three networks or whatever, like everyone in the country is going to watch it. Right. So I feel like the exposure was like something a lot more, I don't know. It was a lot bigger of a deal maybe to be on TV back then than it is now. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, for instance, like I was on American Idol for 30 or 45 seconds or something. And yeah. if I was in 2007 yeah. or something, it might have been like a career high for me so far. Or something. Right. If my audition had been on like when Simon Cowell was still on, you know, but now they have like a tenth of what their audience was then. Right. It's just, just television's just different. Um, so that's kind of a crazy thing to think like there was a time when American Idol had what, like, I don't know, 20 million or 30 yeah. million viewers or something like that. Yeah. Uh, now I don't think there's anything that everybody watches like that. Like no. there's not really a single show or news or broadcast that like everyone in America is going to get on and watch it at the same time. Yeah. Well, there's so many different, uh, channels of, uh, media. Yeah. And now like some people like me and Sydney, we don't have cable. Right. at all um and i think a lot of younger people are kind of going that route of like yeah if i can stream because i don't watch sports but like if i was if i was a sports person i could still do that like i can stream sports i can watch the news so i'm kind of off of cable indefinitely right um and i'm interested to see like what that does in the future uh with television and stuff because it seems like it's definitely going away in some kind of the way that like radio right. is taking a backseat. It seems like television is like no longer, like it seems like back in the day, if you were a musician or a comedian or whatever, getting on TV and being on like late night or right. being on like Saturday night live or like that was kind of the end all be all. Right. And now I don't think that's really the case. No, no, no. Obviously all those things would still be crazy. I'm sure like right. if they happen to me now, but <laughs> right. Saturday Night Live calls and asked me to come play. Saturday I'm still gonna Night be Live. still gonna be stoked. Yeah. 
We'll see. Ben Crowder. <laughs> that would be with musical guest Brady Turner. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like the worst host they've ever had, though. Yes. President Donald Trump. <laughs> Be like, oh, I have to do this. Uh, you got to, man. I'm gonna do it. It's your only shot. Now, um, man, we've done an hour. Wow, wow, wow. That's how good you are at this. I didn't even realize. Yeah, you covered everything there is to cover. Yeah. Okay. Um. So what's next for Brady? <sighs> so did I mention we have a baby on the way? We don't. <laughs> me and me and Michael have a baby on the way. Yeah, no, uh, Sydney is pregnant, and Yay. we are. Uh, we're Congratulations! Due, thanks, man. We're due in May 2021, so that's kind of what's next. I and am going to be working on an album. And the and fact that you're naming the baby after me, yeah, I'm just I was just it's Michael floored. McAuliffe, Michael not even my last Turner, name. not Turner. Oh, no, just Michael McAuliffe. <laughs> Wow, it means it meant so much to me. Yeah, we just we actually just found out it's a girl. uh, That the name's even weirder. (laughs) Her name's gonna be Lorraine. Really? uh, Yeah. After after my mom. Uh, Yeah, yeah, we're so excited. It was not completely unexpected, uh, but just it kind of ended up being perfect timing with the move, and we're gonna have like a couple months to get established and everything. So yeah. So that's what's next. An yes. album and a baby. Album and a baby. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> wow. Well, we're all excited. Everybody in this room. Cue guitar solo. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Plug your. Uh, yeah. I'll plug BradyTurnerMusic.com. Uh, at BradyTurnerMusic on Instagram. Brady H. Turner Music on Facebook or Facebook.com slash Brady H. Turner Music. Uh, I've got an EP called We Made It, an album called Overthrown, and a Christmas EP coming out called Home for Xmas. Love it. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Michael. Uh, You had options, Brady, but you decided to talk to me tonight. Thank you. Thanks, man.